Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and with me, as always, is... I'm Hai Chen Bui, a pop culture journalist in D.C. And I am Anya Crittenton, associate editor at The Tracking Board. Happy New Year, everyone! We are back together again for our first episode of 2017. And in that vein, we're going to be talking about what we're looking forward to this year, because we're ready to put 2016 behind us and look at all the great things that 2017 has to offer. So it's going to be similar to our end-of-year episode that we do every year, and that we're each going to list our five categories of things that we're excited for this year. Because HT showed off a bit in the last episode, in the end-of-year one. I kind of slacked (laughs) this time around, sorry guys. Well, now she'll be at our level. Yeah. Um, Mere mortals. And I will take over. (laughs) Yeah. It's time. So, let's just get right to it. So, Willoughby, yes. why don't you tell us what you're looking forward to this year? Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to your category titles. Okay, so I am excited for... Uh, the first category on my list is the continuing run of limited series. And that's including Fargo, a new show called Big Little Lies, with starring Reese Witherspoon and Shailene Woodley and Nicole Kidman. And Adam um, Scott. And, and Adam Scott. Um, Important. We've got Tom Hardy's Taboo, on not the TLC show, but an FX show in which he plays like a Count of Monte Cristo. Type I guy. love that that's on your list now. <laughs> yeah. No, because I, I researched it, and I'm like, this is exciting. And then um, <laughs> Room 104, which is a Duplass Brothers uh, HBO anthology show in which it's in a hotel. It's a show set in hotel. Um, it's, it's a, it's a show set in a hotel room with different people in each episode. And it's like a, it's like each episode is a different group of people in the hotel. And then finally on my last one, which you guys are excited about is the young Pope starring Jude Law as the young Pope. So Anya has been laughing this entire time because I was peeking over Willoughby's shoulder to look at his categories and I saw the young Pope and I was just like. She like grabbed her face. Like, and I don't think we've excited. talked about the young pope on on the on the uh, podcast. The podcast, yeah. No, because I think I'm missing something. Yeah. Well, it, I've been seeing previews for it like on Westworld like for a while now, but mm-hmm. like this is the first time people have been like really taken about it. Basically, to quick, quickly sum it up, Jude Law plays this like smarmy douchebag who becomes pope. He's a pope, but he's young. He's young, and so like on tw- Twitter, there's been a bunch of memes in which you take song lyrics and replace it with young pope because like you know you got ymca it's like young man and then there's like a bunch of like different like songs with the phrase young and then add something so people are just replacing it with pope and young pope so it's been real it's been a real trip this week for uh the the young pope marketing i'm missing something with this whole thing have you seen the trailer for it I I didn't watch the trailer. I th- I know what it is. Like I've heard of it and everything. You should watch. The um, I didn't watch the trailer because I have no interest in it. And then like this meme showed up out of nowhere, and I've been it's... completely like I have not been, been blindsided by it. I'm s- it's like I, I think... seen a couple Did... tweets. What? And I'm just like I don't really know. Yeah. What's so? I think people have just been like taken by the absurdity of it because it's just an HBO show called The Young Pope. So it's like I saw this one tweet that was like. HBO is like a pitch to an HBO executive. They're like, okay, he's a pope, but he fucks. And the yeah. HBO executive just like throws his he's papers a, in the he's air. He's a pope that fucks. <laughs> I mean, um, that sounds like HBO's prerogative like, yeah. all the time. Like, how are they going to do sex position if he's a pope? Like, what's happening here? Or maybe um, he goes against God. 
So there is this really hilarious preview of the show, which is an actual scene that takes place in The Young Pope, in which Jude Law is dressing up for his pope duties. Yeah, like, his, his papal like, authority. Yeah, and his, like, his uh, layers of garments. And the entire time during the scene, LMFAO's... Um, I'm sexy and I I'm know it. I'm sexy and I know it. Is playing. Is playing. And it, I was like, is this a meme? Is this just, I like, I thought it was, like, edited to make it look like that. It's a real scene in the show. It's like... I think that's why it has taken off as, like, this giant what? first meme of 2017. Yeah. And the premiere's on the 15th, so I'm excited to sit down. <laughs> what? Anya, we'll have to sh- we, send you all this we stuff. We will link this video in our blog post yeah. um, for this episode. It is quite it is quite absurd. I showed Mike this, Mike Sillingle, who guested on our, our podcast for the Monsters episode, this scene, and he's been obsessed with now, the Young he's Pope obsessed now. With it. He's reblogging and like posting about the Young Pope. He's like, I can't wait for this show. There's an image of him like smoking a cigarette with wearing a sunglasses, wearing that like wide brim hat, <laughs> sitting he's in a lawn chair, like, sitting in a lawn chair. And I was like, this is gonna be like my Friday mood hashtag or something. <laughs> it's so it ridiculous. Takes place in modern day. Yeah, yeah. It takes place now. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I. That's okay. This is why I. I, was, I found it so hilarious. This was on Willoughby's top five because I just I don't think I can take this show seriously as a show. Anymore. I don't think I can either, but yeah. I'm excited for it. I need this dumb. Okay. So okay. let's move on. So my second category is called Marvel's Triple Event, which is a kind of reference to Pacific Rim because they have they have like categories and they have double events. Mm-hmm. And single events, and then the, the 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 big climax is a triple event. It's a deep reference. It's a deep cut, yes. Um, and so Marvel's triple event is in 2017. We are getting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two in May. We're getting Spider-Man: Homecoming in July, and we're getting Thor: Ragnarok in November. This is the first time Marvel's ever produced three movies in the same year. They've been doing two movies for quite some time since Captain America. Does it count since they're not producing Spider-Man alone? But Spider-Man is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Tony Stark seems to play a huge part in this movie. It's not like it's... It's like two and a half. Yeah, but it's it's three. It's three. It's three, three, damn it. Um, I'm excited for all three. They have their hands in everything. Yeah, I'm excited for all three movies. I've been excited for Guardians since I saw Guardians 1. Spider-Man's pretty cool. I loved him in Civil War. And uh, Thor Ragnarok, I mean, I just love Thor and I love Taika Waititi, so I'm very excited for that combination. Um, and on a little Thor Ragnarok side note, um, I think uh, it's been uh, released that on the Doctor Strange Blu-ray, we're getting the part two to uh, what Thor was doing in Civil War. So, like, more of that, like, mockumentary style I'm excited with for Thor that. and Daryl, yeah, his uh, roommate. So, Definitely I'm excited for that. Um my third category is my beautiful dark twisted sci-fi sort of fantasy, <laughs> like the Kanye album. Uh, yeah, real. That's real very good. you, Willoughby. <laughs> Thank you. Well, the thing is, like, I put like a beautiful dark sci-fi as my first category. I'm like, that sounds very familiar, and then I realized what I was referencing. So then I I steered into that skid. Um, along along this category, I've got movies like War for the Planet of the Apes, Blade Runner 2049. Logan and Legion, which is the uh, FX Marvel so excited for um, X-Men TV show, mm-hmm. um, which looks beautiful. It's it's uh, produced by Noah Hawley, who does Fargo, so it's going to have beautiful cinematography. It's got Ari Plaza and Dan Stevens, Dan among Stevens other people. So good. I'm so excited for X-Men to like 
get the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. I think they are more suited for the television anyways, just because Agreed. it's such a massive oh, yeah. cast of characters, and it's very serialized, and kind of soapy in some Although, sense, I don't too. think we're going to see like any of the main players from the TV show. Probably Maybe no, Patrick no. Stewart. Probably Maybe not. Patrick no. I doubt it. No, yeah. it's FX. But I just well, they, do, talk, they do say that his the Dan Stevens character is Patrick Stewart's son, Xavier's son, so oh, there's a yeah. possibility he could show up, but I doubt it. Mm. Whether Yeah, but I also wonder like if they might get someone else to play Xavier. Well, they yeah. might. Um, Probably. But I'm just I'm, excited for mutants to, like, yeah. actually be treated right. Were I you hope. were you very uh, traumatized by Apocalypse? Did you see Apocalypse? I never saw Apocalypse. Good. Because Don't see either. it. Don't Dave see it. Mass was so bad. Don't see it. Like, I love First Class, but that's not like, Brian Singer. The best parts, I think I told you guys this, the best parts in Apocalypse are when they flash back to First Class. Like, they have actual flashbacks to First Class with Xavier and Fassbender, like, talking to each other, like, outside the CIA about, like, what to do with these kids. And I'm like, this is the best part of the movie, and it's not even the part of the movie. Like, I'd be more excited for X-Men movies if Brian Singer went away. Brian mm-hmm. Singer needs to let it go. Um, along those lines of X-Men, Logan it's really, looks really beautiful, really great. Looks like it's going to be the best X-Men movie. A.K.A. The Last of Us. Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, along those dark, futuristic, dystopian themes, we've got Blade Runner 2049, which is the sequel to Blade Runner. Um, I like Blade Runner. I'm excited for Roger Deakins to do science fiction. And uh, Harrison Ford is back, killing off another one of his iconic characters, I believe. That's do you my think theory. Roger Deakins will be up for an Oscar? Possibly. I hope so. Crossed fingers. For Blade Runner, though? Well, for cinematography, a movie can get cinematography and nothing else. That's true. We'll so, see. Um, he just needs seven Oscars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Already. Uh, and then my last one is War for the Planet of the Apes, which uh, I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, I'm very excited for that. Uh, my category four is, have you tried turning it on and off again? Oh, my God. Which is a reference <laughs> to rebooting a computer, which is a reference to reboots. That's funny. Uh, yes. Um, That's that's pretty funny. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is probably my favorite one. Um, so we've got, uh, there's like a list of like seven, so I'll just run it, run it down. Twin Peaks is re- getting a revival. Power Rangers is getting a movie reboot. Baywatch is getting a 21 Jump Street church, uh, style movie reboot. Kong Skull Island, which is a reboot of King Kong. Riverdale, which is a re- reimagining slash reboot of the Archie comics on CW. We've got the Lego Batman movie, which is also kind of a, a weird reimagining of Lego Batman. Um, and then we've got Star Wars Episode Eight, which is a re- revival of Luke Skywalker as yes. a character. Um, <laughs> I love how that's your reboot yeah. part. <laughs> I was like trying to figure it out. Like, this has to go somewhere. I have to talk about Star Wars Episode mm-hmm. Eight. Of course. Um, so, and it can't go in my last category either. Um, the so I'm just excited for most of these. Uh, so I've seen most of Twin Peaks. Uh, Power Rangers is one of my favorite TV shows, and I don't care if they bastardize this. It's gonna be fun. Even I'm not like it's not sacred to me Power Rangers because it's been like it's it was. If you look at the original show, it's ridiculous. It's Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Oh yeah, I love rewatching it yeah. because it's just campy and crazy it's, and weird. It's like you if you do a serious so a serious reboot, like that's the best it's gonna be. So. um then there's Baywatch, which has The Rock and Zac Efron and among a lot of other, like, beautiful people. Um, and it looks fun. It looks like it's going to be, like, 
21 Jump Street style like humor where it's going to be like taking like the foundation of like the old series and like breaking it apart and making it fun. Because um, Baywatch just was a ridiculous show. But it treated itself seriously. I think I remember watching a couple episodes when I was young, but yeah. not really finding the appeal. Yeah. Obviously, it was not meant for me. <laughs> no. Um, there's also Kong Skull Island, which is the... Um... Oh, you have it on there twice? Oh, no. I'm just, I'm just kind oh, of explaining. Okay. Uh, Kong Skull Island, which uh, we've talked about. Mm. It's basically like Apocalypse Now meets King Kong, so I'm excited for that. Um, Riverdale, CW's Archie show. Yeah, so I'm excited for all these guys. Are you excited for Riverdale? I don't know how to feel about it. I'm intrigued by it. You know, I'm like, I'm going to watch the epi- the first episode. I'm going to see where it goes. But CW has not disappointed me so far. They've been doing real well in the yeah. past three years. So I'm excited. I'm kind of excited. Um, ginger representation. Although he's wearing... <laughs> Isn't he not ginger? He's not a ginger. <laughs> and I'm very disappointed. And he's a kiwi. That is so he's not funny. even American? <laughs> Come on. Willoughby's like, I'm done. I'm not I'm excited done. for it anymore. Archie is... Red-blooded American. No, I'm just, I'm joking. We have a Superman that's British, so it's okay. Um, uh, my last category is Lost in Adaptation. So a combination of Lost in Translation and Adaptation. Um, I've got Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which is, which was a comic book in the 60s. Uh, Luc Besson is doing the film adaptation, stars Dane DeHaan, who looks like a goblin DiCaprio. My love. And HC's love. And, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Cara Delvine, uh, who, uh, was in a couple YA movies and was the quote unquote villain in Suicide Squad. Um, I put villain in quotes because. I know, I laughed at that. Um, I've also got The Handmaid's Tale, which is Hulu's, uh, TV show based on the 1985 book by Margaret Atwood. Yes. Is her name? Yeah. Margaret Atwood. Um, yeah. I, they they released a 30 second trailer yesterday. It looks very interesting. Um, I've never read the book, but I'm excited for the TV show because Elizabeth Moss is great. She is. She was fantastic on Mad Men, so I'm excited for more of her in 2017. Um, I've also got American Gods, which is Brian Fuller's adaptation of Neil Gaiman's uh, classic 2001 hit American Gods of the, by the same name. Uh, I read the book back in 2015. No, 2016. Uh, I don't know what year it is anymore. Uh, and I'm very excited for this uh, adaptation. The trailer from Comic-Con looks great. Um, and unfortunately, Brian Puller has been pulled away from Star Trek to to focus on American Gods. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed in that news. But I'm, 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 I'd rather I'm, – I'm hyped to see American Gods because it looks just like a fantastically visually stunning show. And I've got Beauty and the Beast, which we've talked about on the on the podcast. Uh, I consider that an adaptation because it's an adaptation of the live action, and looks like the musical too. I don't know. Um, and then the last one is The Circle, also with Emma Watson, um, about like this dark dystopian Facebook. Have you read the book? I've never read the book. I'm planning to read the book. Um, so, but I mean, I saw the trailer and I was like intrigued by it. So those are my categories. And John Boyega. And John Boyega. He's I'm like so, the love interest. This I'm is really great. I'm really happy he finally found a, a movie because he was kind of short on offers after Star Wars, whereas Dar- Daisy Ridley was getting offer after offer. Well, he's had like, he's had this interesting thing where like he's he's in a lot of movies that aren't coming out until like now mm. and 2018. Like, like he was he he filmed The Circle last year, and like he's in Pacific Rim two, and he's like doing this uh, 
Catherine Bigelow movie in Chicago about Chicago riots in the 60s. So he's got a lot of stuff going, but it's kind of like under the radar. Yeah, he might be being careful about his choices, which is good, because mm-hmm. that can happen once you're in a big blockbuster. Just kind of go for everything. And he saved Pacific Rim, too. Like, his he production did. company is, like, oh, that's, is, is that's helping cool. produce it, oh. along with Steven tonight. Yay! So that's all my stuff. Um, I'm sure some of that will probably be on your list. Yes, I will have a lot of repeat offenders on mine. But I, I'm sure you guys are excited to hear my categories, yes. which I must say are not up to par to yours because I was thinking about them last night. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to rate the categories by how excited I am for these these products. So, products. Okay. <laughs> these <clears throat> movies and TV shows. All right. So category one. I want to be excited for them, but I have reservations. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> What is that? What is that? A Fallout Boy title? <laughs> These could be Fallout Boy titles. I don't know. <laughs> I was listening to Fallout Boy on the way here. Nice. <laughs> Beauty there you and go. the Beast, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Iron Fist. I thought you were going to also have Thor. It just be like the whole Marvel lineup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've told Onion Willoughby my reservations about Beauty and the Beast, in that I was a huge fan of the first of the Disney Beauty and the Beast movie. Um, it was like the formative movie of my childhood and, like, one of my favorites still. Um, and it's so close to me that I just feel like any adaptation will probably do it wrong because it just was such a great movie. And apparently it has kind of influenced my favorite types of books and movies coming forward because I realized that a lot of my favorite books or relationships in, like, TV shows have to do with, like, Beauty and the Beast and, like, you know, like Jane Eyre, Rebecca, etc. And I was like, oh, but this movie influenced me a lot more than I thought it would. I am the same way with The Lion King. Mm-hmm. So I've, they're remaking The Lion King like they're doing Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of like on the same board, but yeah. I'm more excited for Beauty and the Beast. Anyway. Yeah, and like the trailer, it seems good. Everything seems very pretty. The CGI characters for like Cogsworth and Lumiere seem a little bit iffy and Watson is fine I don't know if she's a good actress yet or not I'm not convinced and like I also don't like that the lines are exactly like the movie from like the Disney original movie because I want it to do its own thing but maybe it's just like making a reference in the trailer so that'll pull me in I don't know so that's and they've already made a lot of changes to the story yes. that we know of so heard, yeah. also they just released a new poster with the uh, characters looking human. Yeah, those have been in movie theaters actually yeah. for oh, a I while. Seen that yet, so, so we'll see. It's I'm on the fence about it. Wonder Woman, I'm on the fence for because I want it to be good, but I don't know if it will be because DC and Warner Bros keeps letting me down in the movie theater. I really wanted to be the same for Suicide Squad, but it was just a bad movie. This is DC's last chance. Yes, for me. But I'm really excited about the trailers. It looks great. I'm really excited about the World War One setting. I think. Cross fingers. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm sold except for the fact that Tony Stark has such a big presence in the movie. I don't want... As of right now. As of right now. In the trailer, he seems to have a very big presence. And I don't think that was a good idea because RDJ just, like, chews up the scenery whenever he's there. And I feel like it will create, like, this big imbalance. So that's my reservation about it. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm kind of sold because it's Root. But the first one... Has I've I've it's become less in like my view ever since like I watched it the first time so we'll see I hope it's a little less sexist than the first time like you know secretly sexist like the first one but you know hopefully fingers crossed a lot of these are just fingers crossed Iron Fist I have reservations about it because of the casting of um 
What's his name? That guy. That guy from from Game of Thrones. Isn't it like Finn something? Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Yes. What a terrible name. There you go. The whitest <laughs> name ever. But you know, it's, Chad. It's already a comic book property that's steeped in problems of racial diversity and uh, racial appropriation. So we'll see how they pull it off. I actually still have not seen Doctor Strange yet, but I I heard that it actually did some good things for like the Asian characters there. I hope the same case will be made for Iron Fist, or at least they're aware of the, the um, criticisms, criticisms that have been lobbied against them, and will tread carefully. So, we'll see. Alright, category two. I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> um, which I'm excited for. I don't know what to expect, because I like Taika Waititi. I just don't know what he'll do with Thor, because mm-hmm. Thor has always been kind of like Perfection. a shaky... Yeah. Okay. He, Thor has always been kind of a shaky property, and I like Taika Waititi, and I think he'll do well with it, but I don't know how his tone will match with, like, the really grand, epic schemes of Thor. Maybe he'll make it more intimate. I did really like Hunt for the Wilder People. Maybe he'll do something somewhat similar. So, it's I have no idea. I have the same reservation about Thor that you have about Spider-Man, in mm-hmm. that we haven't had a real trailer, but, like, I'm not... Super excited that Hulk's going to be in Thor. Oh, I forgot he's Because mm-hmm. I really love Thor, and I want this to be about Thor and Asgard and, like, that mythology. And I don't really want the outside Marvel characters. Yeah. So I have I have the similar reservation-ish that you do about Spider-Man. Yeah, so, again, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Dunkirk, which is Christopher Nolan's newest film, uh, it stars... Everybody. Harry Styles. Uh, just, I can only think of Harry Styles right now, which I feel Tom really Hardy. bad about. Tom Hardy, Killian Tom Hardy, Murphy, Killian Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, the, the regulars of the North. Mark Rylance. Mm-hmm. Mark Rylance is in it. That's exciting. <laughs> um, I, I'm excited for this film, actually, but I don't know what to expect. James Darcy's in the movie, too. James Darcy's in it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. He is. Well, I'm sure Christopher Nolan will deliver a good film. Um, I've only seen, like, the first trailer, which is very... Very short on spoilers. It's just like a teaser for with like nothing in it. But I think it will be a good film, hopefully. Um, the Dark Tower. So this is the book uh, that is an adaptation of Stephen King's Dark Tower series. It stars Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. I'm also pretty excited about this, but I also don't know whether it's going to be good or not. There's not enough information to really say. But, you know. Stephen King. I have Idris not read, Elba, though. Yeah, Idris Elba. I have not read the Dark Tower series, so I don't know much about it, but I'm quite excited. I'm excited Idris Elba's playing a hero, like the good yeah. guy in this one, just because I feel like he's easy to kind of typecast as a villain, mm-hmm. and so I really like that he's playing the hero. I completely agree. I love Idris. I want him to be in everything. Um, my third category, IDK, but I hear good things. <laughs> oh my god, these are great. <laughs> Um, I was like, I didn't try. And yet there's, like, this, like, hilarious, like, facetious, like, theme going on with your title. That's how I go, guys. That's how I do. O-H-T. <laughs> First is The Handmaid's Tale. I'm sad to say I have not read The Handmaid's Tale. My mom was also shocked when I told her this. And I was, she was like, I never gave you my copy. I'm like, no. I read everything in my bookcase that you would put in my bookcase. But you never put The Handmaid's Tale in there. So it's your fault in the end. Um, I've not read it. I've heard great things. I've only read one Margaret Atwood book, and that's Alias Grace, which was more of like historical fiction. I hear Handmaid's Tale is more of the kind of sci-fi. So I'm excited for the... Um, the Hulu, Hulu, the Hulu adaptation. Hulu. <laughs> 
um, with Elizabeth Moss, um, who was my favorite part of Mad Men for the brief time that I watched it. Um, and now Alexis Bledel. And Alexis Bledel's in it, which is, like, interesting, kind too. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we had the same reaction. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, next is Legion, which is which Willoughby has spoken of many times, or extensively, anyways, earlier. Anya's very excited. I am excited. Oh, I The trailers have piqued my interest for it. And Reviews FX... have been really good for it, too. They've been saying it's, like, one of the best new shows of the year. Wow. Good. Yeah. Um, Get Out. This is the... I can want to say Keenan... Not Keenan. Um, oh, the Jordan Peele. Peele. Jordan Peele. Oh, yeah. Jordan Peele yeah. horror movie about a black man who goes to his white fiance's hometown but there's like something off about it and like all the african-american people in there are somewhat like stepford wivesy in like their uh behavior and everything and there's some sort of weird brainwashing thing that happens to all the african-american people who go into this town so i'm excited for it it looks strange and satirical and i don't usually watch horror movies but i'm I am always down for like satirical horror. It looks like it's going to be like taking, taking the tropes of a horror movie. Yeah, like it's like yeah, in the woods. I agree. Although like watch the trailer. Like at first I was like, oh, like satirical sort of funny horror movie, and then like there are scenes that look legitimately horrifying, yeah. and I was like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really, I really enjoyed um the original Stepford Wives, so I kind of like that. It has that vibe, and I, I think it'll be really good. Shout out to our seventies class. Yes. That was Hollywood a good movie. In the 70s, yeah. Yeah. We all watched that. Yeah. Um, next is Logan, which I'm quite excited for, even though I've never seen any of the Wolverine movies. The first one is to. shit. Yeah. The first one is just plain shit. The second one is very good. For what it for like in comparison to other X Men movies and other Wolverine movies, obviously, mm-hmm. um, it's very good. And yeah. The extended the extended version is even better. Yeah. The whole like. Desolate, post-apocalyptic, the road meets the last, the of, last us. of us style really appeals to me. So I'm quite excited for it. And I kind of like the whole like world-weary man who's lived too long sort of trope. He's lived very He's long. He's lived very long. I, and I quite like that. So I, I'm <clears> excited for it. I ha- I'm happy it won't be like roid raged out as a lot of Wolverine well, he might properties that. tend to do. But, you know. I'm I'm excited, um, and then Coco. That's the that's the new Pixar film. Um, Yay! There's, there's not a lot of good animated films coming out this year, actually. Not that I know of. Yeah, but Coco, I'm excited for. It's about um, a young boy who, um, on the Mexican Day of the Dead, embarks on some sort of like supernatural adventure or something. Um, and I'm quite excited. I don't know much more about it. Yeah, Anya, you're the Disney expert here. Does Disney have any other like animated movies coming out? Um, Pixar does, but Disney themselves do not. So we also, have Cars, we also have Cars 3 coming out. Oh, yeah. The, um, the end of Lightning McQueen. McQueen. Um, and then Disney, because Disney had two animated films last year. They had Zootopia and Moana. Right. So they're taking a bit of a break this sense. year. But then they are working on a lot of other films. They're working on Gigantic, which is their kind of Jack and the Beanstalk oh, yeah, movie. They're, 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 uh, we're going to take a word. That they're working on. Brave, yeah, tangle exactly gigantic. one word. Frozen, frozen. Break it rough. So, so yeah. So, um, however, the Tangled animated series will be debuting this year, which Yay! is featuring the voices of Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi, and also music from Alan Menken. And the animation looks gorgeous. Really, Alan Menken's coming for the show too. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for this because. 
Tangled is great. I also love how I sound like a little like Disney, like info bot thing. I had no idea about any of this. You are for us, Anya. I'm yeah. learning a lot today. I mean, I knew Tangled had a TV show coming out. Yeah, but... I've seen previews for that, yeah. but did not know Alan Menken was coming back for it. Yeah, yeah. and the two lead voices, so yeah. I'm very excited. Thanks for, that for the one. info, mm-hmm. Anya. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Anya. Our Disney correspondent. All right, my fourth category. Thank you for coming back to me. <laughs> Stranger Things. Ah! Ah, I'm excited. It's supposedly coming out in 2017. Um, I'm quite excited for it. Nothing else really needs to be said about Stranger Things. We talked about it for lengthy amounts of time. Very extensively. Yes. And we don't really know much about season two, except for the fact that um, Sean Astin has been cast in it. Yep. A Goonie. So that's exciting. And a Hobbit. I will... And a Hobbit. Actually, that's like, that was my first thought, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> Although I will, like, riot if Will Byers is a villain. I will be so unhappy. <laughs> protect tiny Will Byer. Yes. And Steve. Steve, too, right? Well, Steve can protect okay. himself. Yeah. Steve's fine. Bat. I'm more worried about Will. <laughs> that bad. Yeah, man. All right. And the second thing for thank you for coming back to me. Young Justice. Yay! Season three. Woo! Picked up by Netflix supposedly coming back this year. I'm not sure. I think they're still in production or they're starting production soon. I'm excited. I heard that there's going to be an LGBT character, too, in the main team, Ooh, which is Someone new exciting. or someone going to re- come out? Either or, I think. Because like, um, when they were on Cartoon Network, they were had a lot of restrictions, I think. Okay, I believe that. So now they're on Netflix, they can just do what they want, and it's really exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, and... This is hearsay, again, from, like, Mike. Um, we were theorizing what was going to be happening in Young Justice Season 3, and he's like, maybe Jason Todd will come. But he's already dead. He's already got the hologram. But is he dead? He's dead. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And then he and, and Roy... Wait, I like, haven't heard about Jason Todd possibly being in the series. Now I'm yeah. Well, I, I have I, a lot of feelings. <laughs> Anya loves Jason Todd. I love Jason Todd so much. I want Stephanie Brown to be in this so, like, someone can acknowledge that she exists. They have, like, the best-formed um, Bat team, Bat family, on Young Justice. Like, they have Barbara, they have um, Tim, they have Dick, they have Batman, so it's, like, it's very exciting. They could bring they could bring Stephanie on. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That would be great. All right. Also, don't, oh. wait, who, who, who died at the end of Season 2? Was that Wally? That was Wally. Oh, shit. <laughs> but he did get absorbed by the speed force. Yes, yeah, so he's gonna come back. So maybe yeah, you're fine. Yeah. He'll be rebirthed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Will be you're like on fire today, but I'm also just like ah oh, puns. And... <laughs> I'm almost done. Okay, my fifth category, in all caps. I am pumped. Oh my god. <laughs> I love the progression of this. <laughs> yes. It's by my ranking of how excited I am for these things. Mm-hmm. American Gods, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah! I'm very excited, um, especially for American Gods. It was the book that really turned me on to Neil Gaiman. So, And I read it like two years ago. And I have been like reading through his whole sort of collection since. Um, I'm really, I really, American Gods really touched me and was really one of his only successful novels really because like i feel like neil gaiman is better for short story forms and american gods was that really nice compromise for him between like writing little vignettes Mm -hmm. and writing an actual fully realized novel so i'm excited for american gods and i love brian fuller i'm excited for the casting uh, stars 
We'll see how they, how well they do with it, but, you know, I'm all in. Forget, have you read Good Omens? I've read Good Omens, yeah. Okay. It was, well, it was also like, um... Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett, too, so, and I yeah. think it was, a, it was fun. It was a nice little story, but it wasn't as successful for me as American Gods was. Interesting. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, like, it was sweet. That's all I can really say about it. it I love Good Omens. Really? Yeah, I love Good Omens yeah. so much. It was kind of like, I read it, I'm like, that was a nice book, but... <laughs> didn't impact me as much. Sorry, Anya. The story about, like, the Antichrist and the yeah. apocalypse and witches. That was a nice story. That's my, that was my reaction. There weren't enough witches, that's why. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard of Good Omens. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's about. So that's very scary. It's not that scary. Um, it's it's very... basically, there's a demon and an angel who are on Earth. Of course. Um, Azrafael and Crowley. And they basically, the apocalypse is nigh. But they're really enjoying their time on Earth, so they don't want the apocalypse to happen. So it's dogma. It's, it's Kevin Smith's dogma. dogma. It kind of yeah. has... But they're both angels. Yeah. And, like, there's the Antichrist, but, like, the Antichrist was switched at birth, and... Oh, like the ABC like, Family Show. Exactly. So it's all kind of ridiculous and really funny, and just, I really love it a lot. It reminds me a lot, it reminds me a lot of, like, British children's books, that has that sort of like whimsical and funny and like tongue in cheek, but also kind of like very British. Again, I've yeah, never yeah. read any British children's books. I, I can't think of like a particular title, but like I read a lot of them when I was young, so it has yeah, that sort of similar vibe. Is it like Tales of Beetle the Bard? No, it's no. It like if you if you think of the tone of like the first Harry Potter, mm-hmm. which is a lot lighter and kind of more whimsical and, and quirky than the other ones, I'd say it's like similar to that. Kind of like it has that similar tone. But darker. Yeah. Because it's about the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you and do? there are, like, the four horsemen and everything. Yeah. So. That was pretty good. I like I liked the bits about the four horsemen. I did I did like it, but it it reminded me. It was, like, very nostalgic. So it kind of, like, didn't feel, like, very impactful for me. Because I was just like, yeah. oh, it reminded me too much of, like, my childhood favorite yeah. books. So. You should check it out, though, Willoughby. It's short. I think you'll like it. It's, it is really short. It's a, it's a quick read. Okay. And that makes that is it for my um, my categories. Anya, why don't you please tell us yours? Okay, so I am. I got my five. I'm gonna save my favorite for last, and the rest are just kind of what they are. Um, so my first one is sequels and remakes. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so I know like everyone always complains about like so many sequels and remakes and stuff, and like. I really love original films, and there are so many I'm excited for this year. But there are also a lot of sequels and remakes I'm also very excited for this year, more than a lot of other films, actually. So the first one is Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which Kingsman was one of my favorite films of 2015. It's one of my favorite films of the last several years. I love Kingsman a lot. Wow. Oh, Kingsman is, like, high on my list. I did not know Um, that. Yes. And I'm very excited for the sequel. Matthew Vaughn is coming back for it. And it has a great cast. I know Halle Berry, Julianne Moore, Jeff Bridges, Pedro Pascal. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. And, of course, we have Eggsy and Merlin coming back. And hopefully Lancelot, too. Um, And maybe Harry Hart? Maybe? They've teased at it. So I'm very excited for Kingsman. Um, Thor Ragnarok, which we've talked about. Thor is one of my favorite Marvel heroes of all time, and I think he's been very underserved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I kind of hope that Taika Waititi can kind of bring 
the love and respect back to him. Um, I'm excited that Valkyrie's going to be in it, Kate Blanchett. I love everything about Taika Waititi as a filmmaker, so I'm very excited. Like I said, my only reservation is Hulk, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Mark is really great. I just hope that, like, it's really about Thor at the center. Um, Beauty and the Beast, which I am unabashedly excited for. They created a role for Stanley Tucci. The cast is amazing. I'm very excited. Um, I'm, I've loved all the Disney live action films except for Alice in Wonderland, but they don't really count because I don't really consider them part of this new. It's like a Tim, it's Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton doing his thing. Yeah. I don't really count it as part of this new like iteration of these live action remakes. Um, so I'm very excited. I'm somewhat similar to HT in that it was my favorite Disney film growing up and it was also really formative for me. Um, but I am a bit more unabashedly excited for it than HT is. Guys, can I tell you? <laughs> can I tell you why Beauty and Beast isn't one of my favorites? It's because I was really scared about the Beast. Oh, you told me that before. Yeah. So like, I never watched it growing up until like 2000. It's okay. I get. I mean, he's a scary dude. Yeah. Like, especially that part when he like, when she goes into the um, forbidden wing and yeah. he roars at her. That's yeah. very scary. Part. That was really. That was like I shut off the movie then. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. I he's, rewind he's the tape. <laughs> then, he, then he becomes a darling, so yes. it's it's okay. He's um, <laughs> so I am excited. I kind of agree that like some of the aspects of it have kind of given me some pause, um, but I am usually HT is usually like the one who grounds me, <laughs> whereas I'm just like way up here being all excited <laughs> and hopeful. <laughs> um, and then also Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, oh yeah. I about that. Also Kenneth John Boyega. No, no, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. I Daisy Ridley right. and Leslie Odom Jr. Oh. Wow. Um, although I don't know if this... So I have this question. If a movie is a new adaptation of a book, is it really a remake or is it just a new adaptation? Like, they're not remaking Sidney Lumet's version. They're adapting the book. I call it an adaptation. Another adaptation. So what yeah. I... I was... I mean, I put it on here True anyway. Grit. True Grit was not a remake. True Grit was an adaptation of the book. Yeah. So I put it on here anyway, but I was thinking about that this week, and so I wanted to ask you. Um, but I'm very excited. But yeah, Daisy Ridley, Leslie Odom Jr., Judy Dench. Um, God, there's Josh Gad. There are so many people who are going to be in this film. Willem Dafoe just got cast. Ke- uh, Kenneth Branagh playing. He's directing and also playing Detective Poirot. So... I really love Kenneth Branagh, the Uh-oh. filmmaker. Um, I like this book. Um, so I'm looking forward to The only part that is kind of a downer is that Johnny Depp's also in it. Oh. Maybe he'll but get killed really pretty early I was going to say, I, I can't remember, but he might be playing the guy who's murdered and they're trying to solve his mystery. At least he's not playing the detective. Yes. I mean, thank God. That would be um, And then, yes, and then one final sequel is Star Wars Episode Eight. Which Yay! I'm so excited for. I really miss Poe and Finn and Ray. I just want to get back to these characters. I miss them a lot. It's still untitled, so, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very excited for episode eight. And it's Ryan Johnson. Yes, I am excited it's... about Ryan Johnson. I forgot to mention that as well. I like him. Brick, you showed me Brick back in 2010. Brick, that was real fun. Brick was one of my favorite movies. Looper's great. Mm-hmm. Looper was yeah, I need good. to see the Brothers Bloom. Oh, I need. Oh, the Brothers Bloom is good. It's it surprisingly is. It's, funny. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Um, my next category is 
There's no business like show business. <laughs> I like the little voice you did, Anya. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping to see a lot of theater this year, which I'm very excited for. We have uh, season tickets to the Pantages, which is a big theater here in L.A., um, and we're going to be seeing The King and I, mm-hmm. Finding Neverland, and An American in Paris, and then we will hopefully be getting tickets to see Hamilton when it is also at the Pantages later in the year. So I'll see Hamilton again, which I'm very excited for. Um, And then my grandma and I are actually going to New York in October and planning to see some theater. So I'm hoping to see Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which is the War and Peace musical. Of course. I thought you'd be blogging about that. (laughs) I I mean, I have the soundtrack, and the music's great, and I've heard great things. I just need to see it. Um, So I really love live theater. I think there's really nothing like it. Um, And so I'm excited to see lots of shows this year. Because sometimes, you know, you don't really see too many shows, so. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, Mm. they are. (laughs) Um, So I'm afraid it's going to be a theater year. All right, my next category is space. (gasps) Final frontier. (gasps) And this category has no Star Trek in it. (laughs) That's funny. That's very funny. (laughs) Um... So I really love space, guys. Like, I think space is the coolest. Like, I'd much rather go into, like, deep space than, like, deep ocean or anything like that. Like, space exploration is one of my favorite things. Um, And so this year, on August 21st, we are going to be having our first total solar eclipse since 1979. It's a long time. Which I'm very excited for. It's not, it's, you can find, like, the path of the total eclipse throughout the United States online. So it's only through part of the country that it'll be a total eclipse. In other places, it'll be a partial eclipse. So, like, in California, it's not going to be total. But I'm still very excited because space things. Good time to attack the Fire Nation. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I brought it back, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. That was a lot. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I'm very excited about that. And then also Neil deGrasse Tyson has a new book coming out this year called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, which is basically just like a small, like introductory book to like astrophysics written by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, he was promoting it on the Nerdist podcast and I really love him and I love, like I said, space, but I'm not like very science minded. So I'm excited to like check out this book and try and learn more about space and astrophysics so i'm excited to get my nerd on gonna be great it's a good resolution or goal for 2017 learn more (laughs) i feel like that's a good one for me too i want to learn more stop that in 2014 (laughs) (laughs) you're learning Um, every day yeah i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right so my next category is the greatest friend of all is a book what, what so about I... me? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, fine, Willoughby, you can come too. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping to read more this year. On top of, like, liter- I mean, it's just one of those things, like, on top of watching new movies and new TV shows and working and school and <laughs> life. So, like, you know. <laughs> um, but I do really want to read more because I've missed reading and I've been doing more of it in the latter half of last year and it's been really nice um so there are a lot of i'm really bad at checking out like new books like keeping up with like books that have been published this year and like instead i just kind of read what i can 
But there are some really good books coming out this year that I'm excited for. Rick Riordan has two new books coming out. Um, he's I gushed about him a little while ago about his Magnus Chase and the Norse God series. Oh, so he has his third book in that series coming out, and his second book in his series about the Greek god Apollo, who is openly bisexual in the books and a really great example of bisexuality. Um, is like it I part said, of Percy Magnus Jackson? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, in Magnus Chase, we have a Muslim character who's really interesting in that, like, she's the daughter of Loki. So, like, Norse mythology is real, but she's also a Muslim, so she believes in Allah. And so they, mm. he explores that and, like, how that can work. And, like, so her character basically thinks that Allah is, like, the greatest being and, like, the Norse gods are just a creation of that. So, mm. which is really interesting. Um, and he has a gender-fluid character. So it's really great representation. So I'm excited for those new books. Um, there's also a book called Queer City, which is a history of gay life in London from the time that Rome was in power in England to now. Hmm. It's a long so, history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a new book coming out called Jane Austen at Home because it is the uh, 200th, I believe, 200th anniversary of her death oh. this year. Um, and I'm a big Jane Austen fan, so I'm excited for more Jane Austen this year. And then the last one is... Um, I Die for You and Other Lost Stories, which are 16 unpublished stories written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, wow. Well, actually, I heard about that. I yeah. heard, like, and they had found a bunch of unpublished there's stories. There's a bunch of, like, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda Fitzgerald stuff coming out this year, too. Yeah, these coming out, that miniseries with um, Christina Ritchie. Mm-hmm. On Amazon. Um, yeah. And I'm a big F. Scott Fitzgerald fan. I really love his writing style. Um, as a person, he was, you know, a little more <laughs> ambiguous. Um, although I love his relationship with Hemingway. Um, I have theories about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have like, historical theories about the fact that, like, there probably was something more going on between them. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah. Probably. It was a sling in right? 20s. <laughs> right? Right? Um, and so I'm really excited for these to come out because, like I said, I love Fitzgerald. I've read all his books. Um, and I'm excited for new ones. So, Yeah. Are they going to be, like, printed as, like, one whole book, like, all 16? Yeah, so, yeah, so it's called I'd Die for You and Other Lost Stories, so it's going to be a collection. Oh, cool. Yeah, publishes one book. Um, So, yeah, so reading. Yay. And then my last one, the one I'm most excited for this year, is The Wonderful Words and Worlds of Neil Gaiman. (gasps) Yes! So, I love Neil Gaiman, just as, like, a human being. If you were to ask me who my favorite human beings were, like, he would end up on that list because he's influenced me and taught me and just is a really wonderful person. Um, so we've mentioned this before, but American Gods is coming out, which I'm so excited for. I think it's the TV show that I'm most excited for this year, by far. Um, I really can't wait for it. He also has a new book coming out in February called Norse Mythology, which is just he's going to be retelling the Norse myth stories. I love Norse myths. Yeah. I love so, Neil Gaiman. You should check it out. This is so great. Yeah. It's coming out in February. So February. it's basically February. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a retelling. It's not like an original story or anything. He's just retelling the stories, um, but in his style. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and then what I'm most excited for is that on March 30th, I get to see him. And uh, I will be talking more about this. 
when it comes. Um, but I'm going to see him. He's doing like this event, which is basically going to be like a lecture and a reading and a Q and A, just like a sort dream. of night. It's at this like big theater. So are they going to be showing any of American Gods? I doubt it. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, but because I think it's more just about him and not like the but TV it, show or anything. It just makes sense because March is like a month before it premieres. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, this isn't part of, like, the promotional stuff for American Gods. This is just his sort of, like, press, like, for himself as an author. Uh-huh. A little fan and thing. literary figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I've seen him. I saw him at Comic-Con last year, briefly at the American Gods panel. Um, but I've never seen him before um, like this. So I'm very excited. <laughs> like, that, like, tops everything right now. Yay! The fact that I'm going to see Neil Gaiman. Ah, uh, I'm really jealous of you. So, I remember, because I told you guys I got the ticket, like, the week of the election. So, like, I was feeling really down, and that was kind of, like, my little light of hope. So, I can't wait for it. So, yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to this year. Hooray! I think we painted a really rosy picture of 2017. Yeah, let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> All right, so that's what we're excited for in 2017. Let us know what you're excited for. But before that, we're going to move on to the next segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. So, Willoughby, yes. why don't you tell us what you really like this week? Boy Meets World is a great television show that came out in 1993. <laughs> through 2000. It defined the 90s more than anything else. It also defined Truly. my childhood. And I recently bought all seven seasons on DVD and binge-watched it after Christmas, and it was great. And I also watched... I caught up on Girl Meets World through everything that's on Netflix, because I wanted to see more of Corey and Topanga and what they're up to in 2016, and that was fun. Um, sad to say that Girl Meets World was cancelled after three seasons. Kind of a bummer, because that show was really pushing some boundaries. Yeah, like, there was a lot of stuff in the second season that I really enjoyed that was, like, this is interesting, and it's, like, nothing nothing as deep that you usually see on, like, Disney Channel, so it's real cool. I really admire the the, um, main star, too, um, Mm -hmm. Riley. Rowan Bland. Rowan Rowan Bland. Riley is the character's name. Right, right, right. She's a really great, um, just person. Yeah. (laughs) Very aware and very smart for her age. Yeah. So, but I've been watching, I've watched all Boy Meets World, it was a lot of fun. It's real. It it uh it holds up, you know. Like I've watched it over. I don't think I ever watched it live, but like I watched it like on reruns, and then I would watch it like on Disney Channel, and then when it was on ABC Family, like I would get up in the morning to go in college, and I'd like take a shower, and then I eat breakfast in the in the lounge in my dorm room, and I'd turn on ABC Family at seven o'clock and seven thirty, and there was Boy Meets World, and I'm like, this is great. This is crazy. And then when they got to college, I'm like, hey, I'm in college. And now I'm beyond all that. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm growing up. I love Boy Meets World. It's so good. It's, so, it's such, such a, a good show. Such So great life lessons. And they weren't afraid to be serious about it. Like, season six had Sean's, hunt, Sean's dad die. The Corey's brothers, when, he, when his brother was born, he had the complications in the, in the ICU. Like, that was, like, that, and, like, um... Corey and Topanga broke up because he cheated on her with, uh, um, oh, what's her face from Freaks and Geeks? Um, Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini, yes. She was, she was like, 
um, the other the other woman, the other girl. Oh right, I remember when they go to like the the, lake, the mountain, the, right? The ski lodge, like, yeah. Ski lodge, and yeah. I guess they go back there and girl meets world. So I'm excited for that when they go. Oh, when they, I really love the storyline when Eric, like, sort of pseudo adopted that little boy. That was also but couldn't season actually six. adopt him. That was also and then they brought six. him back in Girl Meets World as yeah. an adult, and he like thanked Eric, and I cried. Yeah, I saw that. Like season six, season six was definitely the darkest. It was like the Empire Strikes Back uh, of of the show, and then like everything got real hunky dory in season seven, um, and like they got married, and that was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's interesting to see. It's kind of like Harry Potter, where the kids grow up, and the show be- the, or the movies become progressively like more mature. And so, Boy Meets World definitely did that. My only thing is that I'm still slightly heartbroken that Sean and Angela didn't end up together. I mean, yeah. I like Sean and Maya's mom fine enough, and it's cute that, like, you know, Maya and Riley and, like, Sean and, you know, that's yeah. cute, but I really love Sean and Angela. Yeah, they were great. Um, yeah, I never I never watched Boy Meets World. I didn't have cable. I have the DVDs. I will loan you So, yeah, I don't know if it'll be the same. Like, I miss, I mean, I'm sure it's, like, a still quality show, but, yeah. like, growing up with it, we won't have You won't the have the impact. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, also, Adam Scott is a high school bully. Yep. Of course he was. I think I sent you guys Snapchats when I was watching <laughs> Yeah. It's like, look at that. Yeah, I, think, at... I think there's something very specific to having grown up watching Boy Meets World. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. So I'm, it's yeah. a bummer that like a lot of young women won't be able to have the same feeling for Girl Meets World because it's cut off after after like three seasons. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Boy Meets World is my really really like. All right. Um, I'll go next. My really like for this week is Jackie. Woo! I recently saw it yesterday, and it's a it surprised me actually. It took me by surprise by um how good of a biopic it was because it wasn't really a biopic it's a slice of life it it was like it it was sort of about um Jackie Kennedy and like the time the immediately following um JFK's assassination and it was really interesting seeing like her building up of his legacy and how she maintained and like created that whole Camelot fairy tale because I remember like I remember growing up I would read about like the Kennedys and like they were like the Camelot of the presidents and that the whole family and that kind of stuff and i re- going in te- learning about them in history and jfk didn't really achieve much and i was like why was he so revered as this president even though he wasn't a, you know that great of a person either um and i jackie really was a nice insight into that even though you know it is fictionalized but it, it did yeah, give a nice peek into like how that whole fantasy and that whole legacy was built, and like that's really admirable. And I really, I thought that was a really well done in the film, and with Natalie Portman's performance, of course. I'm so excited to see it. I'm the only one who hasn't seen it yet, and yeah. I'm, and it's funny because I am a big Kennedy person. Yeah, like I love the Kennedys, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so I'm very I'm really excited for Peter Sarsgaard because Bobby Kennedy is. I love Bobby Kennedy. Do I tell? Did I told you guys I have a campaign T-shirt of his? Do you? That's not like of his, but like I have a T-shirt and it says, uh, "Socket to him, Bobby. Vote Kennedy 68." That's... Which is when he ran against Nixon before Aww. he was assassinated. I love Bobby Kennedy. Oh my god, you'll love Jackie then. I think the guy who they get to play JFK. I'm. I swear to God, he's like the spitting image. Like he's like a clone. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they did a good job of finding him. And it was yeah. nice. I'm excited. He's like, and he's like an unknown actor. He's yeah. not in anything. He's on the periphery of the whole movie, too, which makes sense. They, I really like the way they film JFK because mm-hmm. they don't actually show him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
he seems like there, oh, continue. is there anyone kind of like besides like Natalie Portman, Billy Crudup, Peter Sarsgaard? Are those kind of the three main people? They're basically the three main players. Yeah. Um, Greta Gerwig was in it. Um, she, yeah, she, was, oh, she plays she her was assistant. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then there's uh, who plays who plays uh, Johnson? Oh, um, I recognized him, but I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah, Johnson was pretty good too. Yeah. Whoever played Johnson. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, but like I, I, I saw Jackie uh, a while ago. I really liked it. I liked the filming. Mm-hmm. I liked the editing style. I liked how they filmed everything with like the close-ups and like the like the full-on like frame, full-up frame. I like that they brought back like a lot of the old film style as well for like the sort of flashbacks oh, to yeah. the tour of the White House too, and like and they kind of interspersed that with within the movie. Yeah, it was a very well John done film. In this, who? John Hurt? Yeah, he oh, yeah, plays, John Hurt's he in it. He plays their the priest. He plays the priest and that Jackie's Richard like... Richard E. Grant is in it? I actually don't know who that is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's... Oh, God, you would know him if you, like, saw a picture of him. Okay. He's, like, in everything. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what he's... What's his name? Richard E. Grant. Rich, Richard E. Grant. Have you guys seen Penelope? Yes. No. He's the father. I believe. I haven't seen Penelope in a while, so I'm sure I can recognize him. Yes, he yes. is father. Um, it was John Carroll Lynch who played Johnson. Okay. Okay, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, it's just sort of recognizable for me then. I don't really know his name. But yeah, Jackie, I highly recommend, and it was an unexpectedly good biopic, um, and not really a biopic in a sense, yeah. It's very well done and like very well structured. So, yeah. Hey, I'm excited to see it. Yes, I think you'll like it. So, Anya, what is your really like for this week? All right. Do you know that tweet where it's like unfollow me now? This is all I'm gonna tweet about. Yeah, the yes. title of the creator tweet. The I'm creator so excited. Tweet. I did that for yeah. when Star Wars Rebels did. Uh, I remember. Kenobi. Yeah. Um. So that's been me lately because I started watching the Americans, <gasps> I and I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's the best hour-long drama on TV right now. That's what like. I'm Hands down. I'm only, I finished season one on Friday, haven't started season two yet, so I'm catching up before the fifth season comes back in March. Um, so I have three more seasons to catch up on, and I can't wait. I, I'm, it's one of those things where I, like, I never want it to end. Wow. I just want to, like, keep, I want to stay in this show forever. It's so good. Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese are unbelievable. How the show hasn't won more awards... I will never understand, except I will because Game of Thrones exists, and for some reason the Emmys and the Globes won't award that over the Americans. I will never understand. The Americans is always nominated, and all of the critics always put it at the top of their list, being like, this is the best show. But I don't yeah. think enough people watch it. That's the thing. Do you watch it? Um, I don't watch it. I don't watch it either. But <laughs> I will say, Anya's excitement and tweets for this, like live tweeting of her experience of the show, actually made me Sick. more interested to watch the show than I've ever been, despite uh, it's, many people around me saying, The Americans is great. You should watch it. Yeah. I think it's that personal touch of our friend yeah. Anya saying yeah. you should watch mm-hmm. it. It's like You I will think- really love the gender politics, especially UHD, I think. Because, like, Carrie Russell's character is more, kind of has more of the traditional masculine traits. She's mm-hmm. the breadwinner? And Matthew Reese. No. They're both spies. They're both spies. So, like... They're both equal breadwinners, but, like, yeah. she has a different relationship to Russia and being a KGB agent than he does, and he is kind of more traditional, like, feminine traits, which mm-hmm. is really interesting, especially, like, as spies, but also as parents, because they have two kids, um, not, like, planted kids, like, they're they're real kids, um, 
and their parenting their parental styles towards them are very interesting and it's just fantastic all so, the characters are really great it's not your traditional boris and natasha from rocky and bullwinkle no not quite <laughs> moose and squirrel <laughs> Oh my god! And like, it's even more fun since Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell are together in real life. So like, oh. you watch them and you're like, this chemistry is real. Were they together before the show? Uh-uh. Oh, so they hooked I up on set. Happened. Nice. Yeah. Set <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very like, oh, they had their first child last year. It's adorable. Oh, it is. I know. It's exactly. Once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the show is so good. I remember watching the finale on Friday, and I was like. Like screaming at my computer. <laughs> oh gosh! And like so freaking out. <laughs> Goodness! I, it'll make like your heart race. I need to watch it's it. It's very good. So yeah. I want that to be. I really like for like the next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's because like everyone I know who watches it, besides uh, Mike Silengle, who again I talk to a lot about it, or he's always telling me to watch it, um, is like my mom and. <laughs> like my aunts and uncles. So I kind of assumed it was a show for older people, like in that demographic. And also like, you know... Like a madam secretary? Kind of. It, and also that it was, it's, you know, set in the Cold War. So they really uh, connect with that. And like they grew up in like that sort of environment. So I feel like that really made them like it more. But I feel like I should watch it too. Just because Anya loves it so much. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, now it's sitting so close to the Millennial Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's very good, so I would definitely check it out. I'm so excited to keep watching. And where did you watch it again, Anya? So I watched it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. On Prime. Yes. The first three seasons are on Prime, so once I get to season four... I think by the... If you time it out well, usually Amazon and Netflix try to get the the most recent season on their service before the new season starts. Okay. So season four might be on Prime by February, March, or whenever the new season comes out. He's the streaming master, so... He is. Mm-hmm. He's, I go to him for all my streaming questions. Yes. And basically, As any, you guys should too. any movie is available to watch on Amazon or Netflix. Yeah. All right. All right, so... Like Hell or High Water, which you guys should watch. <laughs> Wait, is it on Amazon? Not Amazon Prime, but you can buy $3, rent it for $48. It's $3! It's $3! <laughs> I already nothing. pay for Amazon. Why do I want to pay more? I don't even pay for Amazon. It's my mom's account. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could pay for it. <laughs> this is your weekly reminder that Hell or High Water is great, and you guys should both watch it. I sh- oh, I should watch it tonight before the Golden Globes. Yes! Speaking of, we're excited for the Golden Globes. Uh, please check us out um, while we live-tweet yeah, the if, award show. If you're listening we'll be to live this tweeting. before 8 o'clock Eastern, we're going to be live-tweeting the Golden Globes. Yes, we will be. It's going to be great fun. Hashtag so, blessed. <laughs> if you guys have any... Uh, recommendations for 2017, what you're excited for, or if you have been revisiting Boy Meets World lately, as Willoughby has, or if you've seen Jackie or are watching The Americans, definitely come chat with us about those things. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes and Google Play, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us, and SoundCloud as well. And where can they find you guys? <laughs> you can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. You can find me at htranbui on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.